You're listening to All Bets Are On with host Christopher Bowen. Well, they said we couldn't be done, but it has been done. We've got the gang back together. I am Christopher Bowen, joined by my longtime former Tucson Weekly uh, colleague. He still is at the Tucson Weekly, but I no longer am, of course. Tyler Von Drack joins us from Tucson. We're going to talk about college football. Is this whole thing a disaster just waiting to happen? Will it ever happen? All these will be discussed, and we will also discuss Arizona football and the fact they're actually recruiting people, which uh, seems to be a good sign. But we uh, we will ke- we will touch on that. We'll also talk, touch on the chit chat that is Major League Baseball bubble or lack thereof, and how basically everything's falling apart before it really has a chance to start. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the NBA and the NHL getting under a uh, underway and having some success, and then we'll, we'll you know we'll, we'll talk about our, how our pandemic. Sports lives have been going. So, Tyler, we'll start with uh, college football, man. We're going to hear – we're recording this at about noon, our time, and uh, we got about an hour – and about an hour or so, the Pac-12 is going to release their formalized schedule for the 2020 football season should it happen. It's uh, been rumored by people that know a lot more than I do that it's going to be a 10-game conference-only schedule similar to what, similar to what the SEC released uh, earlier this week. What do you think is going to happen, man, and uh, – what impact that's going to have on, since we are still a University of Arizona podcast, more or less, how do you think it's going to impact you? <laughs> what's, what's going to have a U of A? Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I'm skeptical um, that they're going to be able to do this. Um, it, it's interesting because now there's a great article from The Atlantic that wrote how universities are kind of pivoting to put the blame on anything that happens here with this pandemic on the students and them being irresponsible. So it seems like the entire university structure has taken on the NCAA lead of just blaming their students for everything that goes wrong. Um, and I could see that happening again. I, it's such a big business. It's such a revenue maker. Uh, we have seen that money has kind of taken priority over safety in a lot of these situations over the last five months. Um, I think that's kind of how we got to where we are right now. So I think they will find anything and everything they can do to make sure this season happens. Now, how long it will happen is a whole other question, but I think they'll definitely put the, 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 the pen to the paper, do the shortened schedule and uh, get it through. The only, I think conference that still hasn't done it is uh, the big 12. Yeah. I don't know what reality they're living in. <laughs> Well, I, I could tell you. I could probably tell you it's it's a little bit uh, a little bit on the hoax side, maybe. Um, you know, I think we got a few OAN uh, news network fans <laughs> in the uh, Beyond Gundy. Oh my gosh, wear the wrong shirt on a fishing trip, and you're gonna hear about it. Uh, <laughs> but, I was gonna say it's been a while since we talked, man. We could go over all of this. I know there's so much to catch up on, so much to catch up on. I mean, Gundy apologizing for wearing a right wing news network freaking <laughs> t-shirt, and <laughs> it's it, what a mess. And it, it, it's it's ironic that the Big Ten is the one that's taken the, the biggest caution with this. Um, and even Ohio State came out. I saw that they came out, and they're only gonna limit. Even if they allow fans in there, it's going to be 20% capacity, which is which yeah. is kind of crazy. But to see them taking the lead on it, ACC and SEC have just full charge right into it. Um, and really the saddest part is I don't know how UMass has a season this year <laughs> in an independent. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to bet on if I can't spade UMass every week. Uh, I might have to forego some of my uh, my gambling splurges that uh, UMass paid for last year. So, but I mean, so I think, yeah, I think at this point, what we can say is, yeah, the shortened season seems to be the consensus amongst the NCAA. Um, all the big columnists in – oh, we got a plane coming overhead uh, – seem to be saying that the season will happen. So I'm going to go ahead and say that they're going to push forward with the money machine. Um, but what's going to happen once it gets going is going to be very tough to say. I mean, you've got uh, – you know, these, these kids aren't getting paid. They're not professional athletes. The liability lies underneath the university still, no matter how much you want to pin irresponsible behavior uh, being the cause of things. It's still going to come back to the university. So they've got to be having some sort of legal limbo, um, trying to talk to every lawyer they can find, find out how it's going to happen. But but it seems they're pushing forward. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen at this press conference today with the schedule. And then to get on to part two, Chris, of how this affects Arizona, Considering the majority of the games we won last year were out of conference, <laughs> this is not tied. This is not bode well for Kevin Summers. Uh, a ten-game season um, in conference, when you're still figuring out how to fill a roster in your third year, uh, it, it's going to be really tough. Uh, really, really tough on this program. I mean, you can just look at the Pac-12 South, who we're going to have to play. I mean, Colorado, obviously, in a transition year. I would imagine, and then also having the pandemic where drills and, and practices were put on hold. I mean, this team has had no time to vibe um, in Colorado with their new coaching staff. So I could see them having a very, very rough year um, and U of A possibly sneaking by them. But, I mean, you just go down to Pac-12 South. I mean, Utah, you think we have a chance against a well-coached, well-recruited program? I mean, my question is, I'm curious to see if they follow the ACC's lead and drop the uh, divisions, you know, just go 12 teams round robin, more or less, man, a 10, 10 game schedule. They can't play everybody, but that's what I would imagine would happen that you would drop the South and the North and just have 12 teams playing it out, you know? Well, in the original schedule, we were supposed to have, I mean, we were getting the top three of the North. So either way it worked out, we're still going to have to see them. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's even worse news. Um, we're not going to be able to do anything against that Cal defense. <laughs> I, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I'm just like I'm just thinking tear up when I think about the U of A season. I I start at the bottom, and possible games that we could play. I mean, UCLA. You'd have to imagine at this point, Chip Kelly has some sort of system figured out that's going to work with that program despite the fact that they're not going to play in jerseys with the Under Armour uh, contract getting uh, <laughs> getting the red stamp. Um, I, I, I don't know how – so, like, yeah, so UCLA was bottom tier last year. Um, I mean, ASU surprised people. I think they're only going to be better. I mean, they're the football team in Arizona for college right now. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. As much as that pains me to say, I don't think it comes close, and I think that – it's it's where the territorial cup is going to stay in Tempe for at least another two to three years, unless something miraculous happens. I just don't see us having the bodies to be able to beat that team. I mean, they're they're they've, they've figured out how to do more with less where we're just on a track of less with less. I mean, 
and then Oregon reload them on a QB. Stanford, I mean, they're not going to have two down years in a row. Uh, that that program's too polished to have that. Yeah, obviously they had some growing pains yesterday with the large turnover, or last season with the large turnover. But, I mean, and then Washington, they obviously a little bit of transition there, but that's a, that's a very tough team. We usually play them hard. I so you got definitely you're going to have Washington, Oregon, Stanford. Chalk up three losses there. Mm-hmm. I. I could see it being very bad. I could see this being a major step back without the without the preseason, without the power pot, you know, power pots to kind of hedge some things out on. Without an NAU game to kind of try to figure some of these teams out, and make sure everybody's learning their coverages and in real time against real opponents. Uh, I think it could get ugly real quick. Real quick for Arizona, I, I have my expectations for the program have never been lower. I don't think. And that's, that's can you fire? I gotta ask. I gotta ask you. Can you? Can you? If you're Dave Hickey, considering everything else and the fact that this athletic department, like every every almost every other athletic department in the country, is going to get pounded uh, in terms of losing revenue from this whole this whole song and dance, can you fire someone if he goes three and nine or four and eight or five and seven? I don't think you can. I, I don't think you can afford to. I don't think you afford to. I mean, because the, the clause in his contract really sealed the deal that we were married to each other for those four years or else you're going to pay him to hang out in the Bahamas. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think the year's too strange. I think that – I think that firings are going to be low this year. I think that it, it's going to be tough to judge a program just because of how – absurd everything is going to be. Uh, I mean, he could surprise us, but I mean, in any other year, he goes, he goes two and eight. <laughs> and ten, uh, yeah, you're gone. I mean, there's just no excuse. Uh, I know we're not considered traditionally a football school, but I just think there's no excuse for two win seasons at a U of A program that was by, you know, that won the Pac-12 South within the same decade and was had a, had a streak of bowl games going until last year with Rich Rod, and then ever since someone took over, I think normally, yeah, you'd be gone in a heartbeat. But this year is just so strange. I don't think you can make that kind of movement. I think you just chalk it up to being a weird year. You're going to get your revenue for playing the games, and then he gets one more year uh, to kind of show his fourth year, and then that after that, you know, all bets are off. His, his clauses will be done, and we can figure out what we want to do and hire some other post-Apex coach to take over the program and not <laughs> care. So. Yeah, maybe less my... I like maybe. Dublin. I don't know. I'm Sorry, we got a, we got an Air Force base down here. <laughs> no worries. A little, little, little ambiance for the uh, podcast. But I, I don't know. Go. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this whole thing, you know, with the, with the, the sports writer background, what, what you're thinking and what you're hearing out there. Well, I'm a little out of loop. Uh, as you all know, or probably know I'm out of work right now, but I, what, from what, I, what I'm reading and seeing and everything like that, it just sounds like we're lying in deck chairs in the Titanic here playing, try, you know, trying to pretend we're going to play football at all this fall. I mean, I'm reading on Twitter right now that they're saying everybody's, 
you know, speculating the season's going to start to be a 10 game conference season. Uh, no out of conference games for the Pac 12, and they're going to start the season on September 26th. Gives us more or less two months to try to figure out what the hell we're doing in this country. And considering that, you know, you can't make football a non contact sport, you can't have players more, you know, more than six feet apart from each other. And as you said, these are students. Until, uh, you know, I, I saw some idiot from, I think it was Boston, Boston Globe or something commented yesterday that they should do a, uh, uh, they should do a, a bubble or something like that. The college football should do a bubble, and that would be great. And it's like, yeah, well, that only works if we stop pretending that these kids are students uh, and that they're at, they're athletes only, which is fine. That's what we should be doing. I mean, at some point, the NCAA is going to have to, you know face the music and start pay, paying these players as at, what they are, which is university employees for four years. Uh, now what that looks like is above my pay grade. But anyway, you know, I mean, so th- I think this thing is just a recipe for disaster that makes the MLB's early season disaster look uh, look rosy by comparison. But maybe uh, maybe I'm pessimistic. I The bottom line is I don't see this working. I mean, California is spiking in cases. Arizona's leveled off and decreased a little bit, but we've seen this script before. And as soon as it goes down and we relax things, the numbers jump back up again. There's nothing to say that that's not going to happen again. Plus just the fact that college football is a fall sport. And, you know, that's when the flu is going to come back and where, you know, it's just, it would lead you to believe this is going to be a, it's going to be a huge spike in cases in October and November. But, you know, I just don't understand why the hell spring season is such such a non-starter for for the Power Five and even the Group of Five um, conferences. You know, I think it, it, I, I, it I, think, as well. mm. I I have no clue. I have no clue why that was completely off the table. Um, yeah, that that's a really good point. That there, there's this no why why would you not just want to wait it out playing the spring? You still get the revenue still during the college year. Yeah, you're going to be going up against basketball. Basketball even happens either. Um, but maybe there's, I, I, maybe the thought is now or never. If we put it off and things get worse, I mean, I don't think we've we've known that player safety is, is not number one on the list when it comes to these discussions. As much as it's it's echoed throughout and PR statements and. But, you know, interviews that player safety comes first. I just, that's just not what I've seen in this sport for the last, you know, 25 years I've been watching. Uh, it just doesn't. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's a mess waiting to happen. This, this, this whole, everything about this pandemic in the United States has been a complete shit show. And to think that this is going to be any different. And like you said, the MLB, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, you know, they're they're a much better run organization, if I can't say, than the NCAA. And the nightmare that's unfolding there is just, you know, the whack-a-mole with COVID is, is just a disaster. So, you know, we'll see. I, I just can't imagine. I mean, you're talking, and there you're talking about, you know, pro athletes on contract, certain stipulations, what you can and can't do inside while you're playing i mean you don't nearly have that with college sports i mean these people are going to go back to their dorms and their their student housing 
after they're done playing these games, traveling across the entire West Coast, it just seems very, very unlikely to be a successful story. I just, I just don't know how it happens. And then you got, I mean, what happens to Notre Dame? What happens to BYU? What happens to my beloved UMass? I mean, <laughs> it's going to be very weird. And then what do you even do for, uh, you know, a college playoff? I mean, you just take the winners of the conferences, I suppose. I mean, the non-Power 5, you get into that, non-Power 5 is going to have no opportunity to show their strength against the non-conference game. I mean, just every way you look at it, whether it happens or it doesn't, it just seems like a whole lot of mess and a whole lot of things that got to be figured out in a very short amount of time for people that took 20 years to figure out a playoff in this sport. You know, I, yeah. I don't see it being the fastest moving. I mean, it, it, their track record just doesn't speak to being able to do this efficiently. But, yeah, for you know, sure. What do I have? What do I have? Yeah, I know. Sitting on the sideline, not in the meeting, <laughs> just saying, hey, I just – I would love to be able to bet on some sports here that aren't happening across the Atlantic um, at some <laughs> point in the fall. And that's just a yeah. greedy, you know, selfish take, but it would be nice. But, yeah, I think I, I'm right on board with you. I think this is – even in September, they're going to get there. I mean, maybe they play a couple couple weeks, but after the first two weeks, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I mean, and we're not talking about the flu. We're talking about, you know, a lethal virus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and somebody, uh, somebody pointed out it's it's all fun and games until somebody dies, you know, and that's the thing, and it's, oh, no, it's a bleak way to look at it. You know, all these people still have this tone deaf. I mean, if you saw uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci was on Capitol Hill today and was asked point blank once again, you know, people under the age of 25, you know, kids, can they catch this thing? And you know. He said, yes. And, you know, people still think for whatever reason. The worst that ever happened, I think, with the COVID-19 hoopla from the spring was that there was that initial report that young people, you know, are kind of immune to it, which is totally turned out to be total you know, bullshit. And then, you know, young people went out and whatever. But also people just kind of had this total irrational thought in their head that, hey, well, 18 to 22-year-old kids playing can play football or basketball or whatever because they're not going to catch this disease. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, maybe they won't get it as severely, but most of your coaches are above 55. Those guys are going to die. Yeah. Or they're going to get really yeah, sick, no, one of the two. I mean, let's let's be real. Their hearts aren't, um, you know, the, the strongest in the world. These guys don't necessarily do well after they retire from football anyway. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, it's not the students. It's the people surrounding the students. I mean, when you think about the level of staff that you have on a football field, I mean, just look at the sidelines of a football field in any particular game, how many people – are there. I mean, the amount of coaches, the amount of assistants, the amount of support staff, it's just, I mean, it's, you know, you're talking 10 max. I mean, they're even saying, you know, considering out, outdoor things, 50 max. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's half of what you've got on the sidelines on each mm -hmm. side of the football. You know, it's just, you know, they maybe they know something we don't because, that, you know, when you just put it down on paper, the numbers and what the health guidelines are, it just makes no sense whatsoever to me. I mean, it, it, it's just crazy. It's just crazy to even think. But, you know, I guess we'll just have to see, Chris. We'll just have to see that maybe smarter people are in the room than us. 
that have, have figured this all out and they'll wear face masks underneath their helmets. Um, and uh, <laughs> that will be that will be the yeah. cure-all. Yeah, the Clay Travis of the world are gonna are gonna lead us out of this whole thing, right? <laughs> Jesus. So I'll, I'll 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 shift gears a little bit here, but same same depressing subject more or less. We've got to talk about Major League Baseball. I know that this is mostly a college sports podcast, but my God, with what's going on in Major League Baseball right now, it would be it would be a disservice to not just jump in on this whole thing. So as of right now, 19 players and God knows how many coaches from the Marlins. And then today, obviously, you heard that the uh, Cardinals had two players test positive in St. Louis, not the ones in Arizona that play football. Uh, you know, have tested positive. The Phillies have had a, a clubhouse attendant and, and a coach test positive for for COVID-19. Tyler, my friend, is this is this is this whole thing just like I said, line up the deck shares in the Titanic? Does the Major League Baseball does MLB have any chance? Getting through a sixty-game schedule in the playoffs. I don't think so. I, I mean, what are we? What are we a week and a half in? Yeah. If that. I mean, how many? What did it start? Season, yeah, season kickoff was Fauci threw the first pitch uh, last week. Was it? Yeah, last Friday. It was a week ago today. A week ago today. So one week we have one team that's been completely ransacked with COVID. We got the Phillies now, and then you got all the teams that the Marlins played that we haven't even seen if they've got it. You got delay in testing four days. From what I hear, they're getting tested every 48 hours, and then those test results come back in 48 hours, which must be nice that these Mm -hmm. pro athletes can, can, can figure out if they have COVID or not in a timely manner. But not nearly timely enough when you're traveling across the country, the different cities, um, and standing next to people on first base, second base, and in the clubhouse. I, you know, I think uh, Rizzo had had a great point yesterday with the rain delay in Cincinnati, um, where he's like, I I don't remember what part of this COVID handbook where it said we all need to huddle into a, a clubhouse where we can't social distance for four to five hours waiting for a rain delay and then, I mean, it was a hilarious tweet, and then he, like, takes a screenshot of the Doppler. He's like, what window are we seeing? Um, yeah. You know, and it's just red and yellow and green all around Ohio, like, just completely covered. I bet enough Mac football to know what that looks like. And uh, <laughs> that means that means the money's coming back. you got to draw it. Sometimes that works in your favor, and sometimes that doesn't. Uh, but, no, I this is, this is just – I don't know why they didn't think – you know, I get that you want to fill, you want to use your sponsorships that these companies have paid so much to name these stadiums and you want to get in front of that. But I think that was a, a little aggressive on MLB's part to think that, that they would be able to pull this off amidst a, a monstrous surge. I mean, you can't even compare anything in the rest of the world to this just because we're just so much worse off. And now, I mean, it's just cycling through. You know, like we said, like the Southwest and the Sun Belt is going down, but we still have, you know, what, 2,500 average cases a day with a, you know, and the the positive test rate is still above 10%, and that's considered going down. And now you got, you know, the Midwest getting hit. It just, it just seems 
that there's so little understanding of this besides the fact that it spreads like wildfire. And I just don't see how you, 60 games is a lot of games, Chris. It's a lot of games. Um, that's a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of things that can happen here and there. And I'm, I'm a little disappointed because it would be the first year I'd actually care about baseball because it was a reasonable amount of games to be played that they actually mattered. And the playoff system seemed kind of cool. But, yeah, I, I'm very pessimistic to think that this comes through unless the almighty dollar just is the bulldozer that just shovels any roadblock out of the way. And they're just like, well, these teams are going to have to take a break. These teams are going to have to take a break. And you're like, well, where do you make up those games? When do you, like, it's just a logistical nightmare mm-hmm. across the board. I, I don't know. Just, I mean, is, is that your take? Or are you thinking, yeah. you thinking there's a magic wand? Somewhere in no, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, I think I think this is yet again another example of the the extreme amount of hubris that the the league executives up in New York have, especially uh, Mr. Manfred, the uh, <laughs> the commissioner. I'll tell you this a little aside. I never thought I would ever miss Bud Selig, but my God, oh. I miss having Bud Selig as the commissioner of the Major League Baseball. It's just Manfred's awful. But also, but just getting back to the topic at hand, because of that, I mean, they had a chance. I mean, I understand the bubble idea wouldn't have probably worked because, A, it's 117 degrees in Phoenix today, and, B, Florida's a disaster, and those would have been the two places they probably would have done bubbles. But they could have done an idea that somebody brought up, a regional kind of thing, where you have, let's just say, five or six teams playing out of five different cities across America. You could have done, let's just say, uh, a hub in Boston where the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Phillies, and maybe the Nationals would have played. Who knows? But, you put, you know, you could have done something like that around the country and had five bubble cities of six teams each, made it a lot easier than those teams could have played each other. Would have been, and that's an idea that was brought up. I'm not, I don't know if that would have worked any better, but, hey, it's a lot better than having all these teams travel back and forth between their intra-conference or divisional opponents and then playing teams from the same division in the other league, because let's just take, for instance, the Marlins. They're about 1,000 miles from D.C. They're about 1,200 miles from Philly, about 1,600 miles from New York. Uh, you know, it's it, they're not exactly right next door to any of their divisional opponents being all the way down there in South Florida. So they have to fly, and they also have to stay in a lot of hotels. They're not quarantining. And so what happened with them is what's going to happen with any team. Uh, you know, one player caught it, and then, you know, they're all huddled together, like you said. I mean, no matter how hard you try, mask or not, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in a confined space. And so they went from 2 to 8 to 12 to – now, last I heard was 19 uh, on the Marlins alone. And this is just going to keep happening. So if you're Major League Baseball, how much farther can you, you push through this, this really half-baked idea before you finally have to face the facts? I don't know, but – this is a total disaster. It, and I get, I get it. I get the enthusiasm. This country could really use a distraction. And baseball, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I, I don't think there was one person that wasn't excited to hear that baseball is back, whether you like sports or not. At least it's something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get the motivation, but I, I, I just the numbers. Why? I mean, you just see how this. You know, people go to a, you know, people go to a house party with 20 people at it, and all of a sudden five of them got it, and the Lord knows what the other 15. Now all of a sudden you just exponential numbers up. I just, it just seems, you know, you just look at everybody's circle of influence, you know, 
You know, I, I look at me, you know, right now I'm four because I'm terrified to leave my house. Um, <laughs> but it's still four, you know, and then you got a room full of 70 people, a staff of 70 people for a baseball team. You know, you that's 280 people. I don't know, man. That's the odds are. <laughs> odds that would have it, and then you're traveling. I I think that it's going to have to happen to – I think if the Marlins situation happens, let's say – I want to say four more teams, then they're going to start really having to have a conversation. I don't think it's going to happen with the next team because it seems like the Marlins stuff hasn't moved the needle much. It's It's been bad press for them, but it hasn't stopped games um, besides the ones the Marlins were supposed to play. So beyond that, I think it's going to take three to four. But at what point do you take this seriously and I'm putting people's lives in danger? Or if someone dies, I think if someone dies from it, then that changes the structure as well. Um, I think, unfortunately, that's where we're at as a country is that you need some – tragic to happen before anything can really change uh, dramatically. So, I don't know. It's What a mess, Chris. What a mess. All this to get to the sports back. Yeah, well, you're exactly right, Tyler. And, and, you know, I've heard from multiple people much smarter than I am uh, who have said during this whole thing that sports are a reward for a functional society. You know, you have to you have to handle the virus, and then your reward is you get sports. We haven't handled the virus. The virus is still spiking. We, we haven't we haven't even we haven't even gone through the first wave of this yet. But we're Americans, so we can't. We're impetuous, and we can't wait, and whatever. So we go ahead and just rush out the door headfirst and slam right into that wall again. Uh, how many concussions do we have to get before we realize that's a bad idea? I don't know, but it's. It's not looking good, and I got to tell you, if we reopen schools, we'll be doing it. You know, we continue with trying to reopen society without containing this virus first. Bad things are going to happen. So, I definitely agree. I think Major League Baseball is not going to work. I, I still wonder if the NBA and the NHL model will hold. I loved watching. I watched both games last night in the NBA for oh, both what a NBA finish. action. I know most what NBA action finish. I've seen. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It makes me think: Is NBA pro wrestling? Because how do you get stuff like that to happen? Uh-huh. You know, with the Lakers first game back to have get the rebound, four seconds left, and uh, and put it home. I, that my money mm-hmm. was on the Clippers, unfortunately, so I wasn't as excited. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> thought I was the smartest guy in the room until LeBron James took over. Um, oh well. Yeah, but no, I. I just think at least – I mean, Silver's my favorite commissioner in, in sport right now. I think he's – besides the debacle that he's got ahead of him with uh, with, with the whole Chinese thing, um, but I don't think that's coming to a head just yet. Um, it will. It will. But uh, I think right now he's, he's handling the pandemic and, and keeping people in a bubble. And it seems to be working. I mean, and NHL seems to be working. Um, granted, you've got much smaller staffs and much smaller amount of people um, associated with the clubs. Um, so I think it's easier to do. You keep them in the bubble, uh, and there's fewer games. I, I have much higher hopes for NBA and NHL than I do for MLB. I think MLB got greedy, and I think the NBA 
figured it out and said, hey, if it's going to work at all, it's got to work like this. And if this doesn't work, it doesn't work. There's just no way that basketball is going to be able to happen. But so far, I mean, we're day one. I'll be interested. It's tough to make a, to make an, a, any like predictions, um, being that we're so early in. But I think I think it, it has the highest possibility of working, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It seems to be uh, to be holding so far and it, somebody pointed out last night on Twitter that uh, the games had a had an NCAA tournament feel to them, and I definitely part of that might have been Ian Eagle calling the game. I don't know, but I definitely agree. <laughs> it was it was it was very interesting. I thought it was uh, I thought it was phenomenal, and I'm not an NBA guy, but I thought it was interesting. I'll definitely tune into more of the games because uh, you know it's it's good stuff. But Tyler, my friend, I think this uh, brings this uh, this episode of the of uh, all bets are on. I don't think the weekly still owns that name, so I think we can still use it. All bets are on. No, I the, don't know. There was the, no copyrighting. <laughs> the indie, the, in, the, the independent, the independent uh, yeah. sports yeah, independent podcast. podcast. All bets are on. <laughs> you uh, know it, and so yeah, next until time next Friday. It's over under over under MLB season. Eight weeks. Yeah, maybe, you know, uh, maybe, maybe by next week it might be canceled. Who knows? I know, right? Right. So we'll we'll just have to see. But uh, well, at least we have some sports to talk about, so we can keep this going a little bit. And uh, maybe we'll just turn into an NBA podcast, and we'll just become proficient <laughs> at that. There you, know? you go. We got to get good. We got to get good at something. It's uh, one of these days. I know. I tell but, you, that Dallas Mavericks team, seven footer shooting three. There Holy you go, cow. man. You know, yeah, you know it, buddy. Uh, it'll be great, though. No, this has been a lot of fun. I uh, look forward to doing it again soon. You know it, buddy. Well, I think we can uh, – we'll be in touch. But anyway, until uh, yeah. maybe next week, maybe not. I don't know. i, I got a lot of time out. right now. So. Let's keep it Yeah, we like to keep our audience of 15 people guessing as to how when we'll uh, post our, our episodes. Uh, that, uh, I don't want your dad getting too comfortable, all right? I don't uh. know. Maybe it's coming, maybe it's not. <laughs> there you go. Well, until until insert date here, uh, that that'll do it for another episode. Tyler, thanks for talking to me, buddy, and uh, we'll talk oh. soon. And uh, stay safe, stay healthy down there in the southern part of the state. All right, you too, sir. All right, we'll talk to you soon.